Hello, everybody. Josh Neighbors here at Locked On Big 12 Podcast. On today's show, Chris Level joins me. We previewed Texas Tech for 2022. One programming note, we recorded this on Thursday or Friday, I forget. But over the weekend, we got the news that Tyler Shuck will be the starting quarterback for the Texas Tech Red Raiders. So we did not have that news when we talked about this. So just a heads up. But we do highlight Shuck, and it sounds like Chris Level you know, had a pretty good pulse uh, a pretty good, you know, hand on the pulse, I should say, about Shuck becoming the QB. So, Tyler Shuck's QB one. We kind of talk about that a little bit, but just l- just let y'all know this was recorded before that decision was made. Hello, everybody. Josh Neighbors here, locked on Big Twelve podcast today, brought to you by Bet Online and BetOnline.net. On today's show, we are previewing the Texas Tech Red Raiders for the year 2022. Joining us, it is Chris Level. He is the publisher of RedRaiderSports.com, also uh, covers Texas Tech over there at Learfield. Chris, appreciate your time talking to us, helping uh, us preview what is going to be a pretty exciting year for the Red Raiders. Yeah, it's it's well. Thanks, Josh, for having me on. It, it's going to be an interesting year. You know, this is a, a team that had, I guess, in the last calendar year, they've had three different head coaches, uh, and so. Uh, and, and a couple of times, uh, multiple coaches at the same time, uh, which has been a bizarre uh, situation. But that's uh, that's the hand that everybody was dealt last year. They finished it up with a big bowl win, and Joey McGuire has taken this thing. And uh, I'm kind of curious to see what the Red Raiders look like in a, what should be a wide-open Big 12 race. There's a lot of assumptions being made about a lot of these teams, and I think Tech is uh, kind of under the radar Um and so I'm curious to kind of see kind of what it looks like because we'll find out with them in a hurry. Yeah, that's, you know, well, let's talk about Joey McGuire. I mean, I think there was a lot made of, of when the change came, right, during the yeah. season. A lot of people thought Matt Wells did not get enough of a shot. I was not one of those people. I actually thought they made the change at the right time. Um, and I actually thought that it allowed them to kind of get their transition in place and really allowed Joey McGuire to hit the ground running and, We know the recruiting was really good. I just think this year is really interesting for them because their schedule is so difficult. And so I think to me, it's a matter of like, how do, how do Texas tech fans manage their expectations? Like if this year doesn't go well in terms of wins and losses, how do you make sure you're still happy about where things are going? Generally speaking, because generally speaking, they are going very well. It's just, this is a pretty tough year one with the schedule. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and back in the timing of the decision, there's never a, a, I don't know, an ideal time to pull the trigger on something like that. The the, the, the optics of it were really strange. One, I, I was, I hosted Matt's coaches show here and, you know, all the coaches shows over the last decade plus. And so I spent a lot of time with him. He lived uh, two blocks away from me. And so that personally, that's tough to watch people and, and so many families go through all that because their life just gets, but that's the business. And, and they were five and three. That's that's the, the 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 part that I think a lot of people had issue with. But you know, people may have also said, "Hey, I don't see a way out of this. I don't see it getting any better." Which is maybe where you uh, stood on it. Uh, but it, it was it was a weird time uh, right then, and you you had a big lead against Kansas State, and in the first half, and then just just couldn't finish that game, and that was that was the end of it. And then Sonny Cumbie, you know, came in and took this thing over and really took a baton and kind of tapped into some of these emotions here as a former player and a West Texas guy and all those things. 
that I think, you know, 62 yard field goal to beat Iowa State. You go beat his, he goes and beats his old head coach and Mike Leach and Mississippi State in the bowl game and, you know, was competitive, almost pulled it off against Baylor, who ended up winning the league. Uh, basically, kick a field goal to try to send it to overtime with the last play of the game. Don't get that done. So, anyway, and then, but yeah, Joey's, he, this is an outside the box hire, Josh. I mean, like, this is a guy that, you know, he wasn't some longtime college coach waiting for the next. You know, job. He's been a position coach and he's been a, a high school head coach for many years, but he has injected this fan base with a ton of energy and juice. And he's doing it because they're recruiting guys with lots of stars next to their names. And that's why he's kind of given them an identity of sorts. Uh, so, but you're right. That schedule on paper, that schedule is not pleasant to look at. Um, it, it, uh, uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be tough sledding, but again, he's got he's got time, uh, you know. But it, this is a unique home schedule because you have seven home games, and this may be the last time that the Tech fans see the Sooners or the Longhorns in Lubbock, Texas, for all we know. Yeah, that's yeah. Their their home schedule, uh, you know, I mean, very interesting road schedule is pretty difficult. Let's we'll get into that here in a bit. But Zach Kitley um, comes in, and I mean, one of the hottest offensive coordinators you could get. And then there is this three-way quarterback battle. It's really interesting. I, I think they've got three of the better quarterbacks like in the, in the league, to be honest. Uh, you know, I, I think these guys that have a chance to start at a lot of places. I, I, you know, I, it's a good problem to have in a lot of ways. Where are we on this quarterback battle between Donovan Smith, between Baron Morton and Tyler Shuck? Because there are multiple schools of thought of this. Baron Morton, highly rated recruit. Donovan Smith obviously showed a lot of really good flashes. And I think he's, he's he would be my pick. And then Tyler Shuck from our friends at Bet Online last year, Chris, hit the seventh best odds of being the number one pick heading into the year. And I think that speaks to the kind of talent that he is in terms of just, you know, he looks the part, right? He looks the part to get a big arm, make all the throws that you need. So it's a really interesting quarterback battle. Where do you think Zach Kitley is? Where is the team with it? Uh, are all three guys still in the mix? Or do you think it's kind of been decisions been made? They have the second scrimmage tomorrow. Okay, team scrimmage in the morning. It'll go for you know two or three hours or whatever. Uh, and but but I, I I think at some points, oh, in the last few days ish, I think that the reps have been for the most part fairly even throughout the three, which is crazy. It you know sometimes coaches don't they they call their shot after spring. They get into camp just a little bit and go okay, let's dump all the reps into this guy. But they really let these kids battle it out longer than I think anybody thought. But Joey McGuire said to the public uh, the other day, "Hey, we're gonna we're gonna not name anybody until after the second scrimmage. So whether that's tomorrow evening or Monday night, however, someone is starting to separate, and that's Tyler Shuck, in my opinion. And I I will say this: this has been the favorite scenario around here of all the different scenarios. This to me was was the favorite. Uh, you know, to to use a segue from BetUS.com or whatever it was, uh, BetOnline.com, but." Donovan's going to play. Tyler Shuck is going to start. And how much Donovan plays, where he plays at and from, and how much, that's all to be determined because uh, – and then Barron may have the more – he have the most upside of all those guys, you know. Uh, but it's just he's the freshman. He's the guy that's trying to put on a little bit of weight. He's the guy that's trying to not be as much of a gunslinger maybe. But Tyler is polished. He's a, he tre he's treating football right now like college football like professional football because he's got two degrees working on a third. Uh, he doesn't have much responsibility from a classroom standpoint, so he right. spends a ton of time up in that building and studying and asking questions and 
he's polished. You're right. He looks the part. He's what you what you want, and he's not going to make a lot of mistakes. And he's going to be fine if you trot him up there in front of everybody to represent your team. And Donovan will too. Uh, but I don't think Donovan's quite as good at, at some of the things that Tyler is, and vice versa. But that's what it looks like to me. Tyler gonna gonna start. However, Donovan will play some. And I think that you're right. They they love their quarterback room because the future is very bright for Baron Morton. Yeah, I mean, you you know, you've got the next three or four years potentially mapped out. You know, uh, with how things you, you hope. If Obviously, the portal things, doesn't get in the way, yeah, yeah that's, I mean, that's, 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 that's the, the one big thing, right? Yeah. That's why you have to be on top of your yeah. top of your game with with uh, obviously recruiting and, and that kind of stuff. But Zach Hitley, the the one big question I have is I think the strong suit of this offense is the running backs. I, I think that because those guys have so much experience between Taj Brooks and Sir Roger Thompson. I mean, what Xavier, Xavier White was a running back. That's now is he playing wide receivers doing a combination of those? Is that a little bit of both? Yes. So. The one thing I really noticed kind of looking, watching Western Kentucky and then diving into some of the numbers is that they did not use their backs at, at the level uh, that a lot of other teams do. It is, it is really a spread and throw, throw it, chuck it around offense. How do you think he is going to incorporate the running backs? Because I feel like you have to when these guys are the most experienced bunch and the better bunch, I guess you could say, that you have. Yeah, I, I think uh, people looked at Zach's and, and Bailey Zappi's numbers in Western, Western Kentucky last year, the, the Stearns brothers who are now in the NFL and all that, and, and you see – because, I mean, they averaged about 44 points a game last year. And I think you have if – if, if memory serves, you had somewhere around 270 first downs via throwing the ball and about 90-something running it. I think Zach would tell you, though, hey, look, we had a running back – a couple of them actually go down early in the season. Also mm-hmm. lost my tight end early in the season. So this is what I'm left with, a quarterback and some wideouts. Let's drop back and let's just chunk it all over the place. This is what we're going to have to do to win. Zach will be the first one to tell you that, his, that maybe the two best players on, the, on, the, on his side of the ball are Sir Roderick and Tosh, and he's absolutely going to use them. It, it's a different Big 12 than, than that Zach left when he was here under Cliff. It's changed. I mean, let's call it what it is. I mean, it's very different. It's it's cyclical. I think the defenses are better. There's a lot of defensive-minded head coaches in this league now, and the defenses have adjusted. And you better be able to run and 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 run it down, play smash mouth, and all that kind of stuff. Um, and the games are shorter. Nobody's running 100 play games anymore. Or, so Zach's aware, but Zach also has seen that scoreboard here get lit up quite a bit, and he does walk around with a T-shirt that says 50 Burger on it. I mean, yeah. <laughs> so his intentions are clear, right? No doubt. And, yeah. and, and I, th- I think what he's, what he's saying is it doesn't matter how we get to that point. As long as we're putting up points, why does anybody care? But, you know, he's absolutely going to run it, going to incorporate a tight end, uh, maybe going to throw it down the field quite a bit, maybe going to run it a bunch quite I mean, It just depends on what – because he learned under Cliff – and Cliff would kind of morph morph the game plan or kind of the strength depending on the weakness of the opposition week to week and feel like he can highlight, you know, okay, let's pick on this this week. And, you know, so, um, yeah, he won't he won't care how it gets done. But, yeah, he's going to use those two running backs a bunch. Yeah, you know, I, I think hearing him talk, I mean, he's really talked about, like, look, we're just going to get the ball to the best players in the team, right, and, and get, get the ball to those guys and let them make plays. Right. Another one of those guys is Miles Price. Uh, I think that is – you know, that is kind of the big expectation is that he is going to be the guy this year. Obviously, you, you lose a guy like Eric as a comma, it's not easy. 
uh, to replace that. And it feels like the number one guy is going to be him. But what else? Who else are we going to see in this passing attack here? Yeah, I, th- I think Miles is the guy that if he stays healthy, it's very fair to say that he could be over a thousand yards and kind of be the, the the alpha there. He's the he's a slot kind of quickness twitchy guy. They used to when he first got here, they would manufacture touches for him in these games. Just like okay, we got to get him the ball some because he can, he's a guy that can make something happen. Yeah, and they'll move him around. I wouldn't be surprised if you see him lined up outside, some inside, and maybe some at running back. Just kind of moving him around. He, he's a fun player, and you're right. He's gonna he could be the guy if he stays healthy. But that's the problem. Is Eric was the alpha. He was the guy that was the playmaker. Everybody knew it. Now he missed some time last year, but when he was healthy, he was the guy that they tried to focus on. In fact, around here it was like, why are we not trying to force feed this kid? But now he's uh, tearing it up in Dolphins camp. So you've got Jerron Bradley, you've got Loic Fungi, you've got Mason Tharp and Baylor Cup, the tight ends, and Henry Teeter. Um, I think that, you know, Brady Boyd is a kid that came in here from Minnesota, a transfer that I think has lit it up in the spring and so far in camp. He's one of these these kids. It's like Tech just swims in these, these receivers that just find open space, mm-hmm. play faster than they really are, and convert in the red zone. And that's what we've seen from Brady Boyd. The, the problem is, Josh, is that, we don't know what everybody's going to do yet because they haven't done it. The good news is there's plenty of talent and bodies here. They're just, it's a lot of inexperience. Right. They're, they're swimming in six, four, six, five wideouts, but they're just, they're, they're sophomores. They're redshirt freshmen. They're, they're juniors that maybe haven't really, you know, had to, had a turn yet. Um, and so, and you know, so anyway, that, that's kind of, it, it, it makes it really scary, but, but some fun too, because somebody will emerge from this, but miles price, no doubt the guy offensive line. It's a relatively inexperienced group that we're going to see this year. Right. I mean, there's, there's not much continuity here. <laughs> inexperience here and together. Absolutely. Inexperience in college football. Generally no. Speaking, no. Yeah, yeah. And that's, that's the tricky part. Um, and I, I think that's the biggest question mark on the team right there is that group. Because if that group gels and plays pretty good together quickly, they're fine. Yeah. But if they don't, because, you know, I, I think Zach and Stephen Hamby, who was at Western Kentucky uh, with, with Zach coaching the O-line, and Stephen Hamby actually played it. Uh, he blocking for Graham Harrell and Crabtree and all that group way back in the uh, in the mid-2000s when, when Mike was here. That was that's Hamby's O line coach. Well, they kind of tell you what their thoughts are about that offensive line group when they first get here, and so they go, "Let's get a kid from USC. Let's get a kid from Oklahoma State. Let's get a kid, one of our guys from Western Kentucky. Let's go get one from uh, New York, New Mexico." And so they're they're basically telling you this group needs help. This group needs help right now. So they went and got guys. They've got some talent. It's just a matter of. Can you mesh it together really quickly? And I think the, you know, Michael Shanahan, who they brought from Western Kentucky, is maybe their best offensive lineman here. He's been he's been MIA a little bit with an injury in the spring and early part of camp, but when healthy, he's their best guy, and they know what he can do. So I, I, he's going to play somewhere. And then Caleb Rogers and Western Wright are two holdovers. Those guys are just solid, and and they'll be fine. It's the, it's the right tackle and the center position that's the that's the tricky one right now that's probably going to be filled by two newcomers and we're not sure exactly what that looks like yet but there's no doubt to be worried about that position i would say 
it could have a huge payoff too. I would also tell you that it may look a lot different in early October than it does in early September as they start to mesh and figure things out and, and all those things. But yeah, hold your breath. One quick word from our sponsors on today's show. Today's Locked On Big 12 podcast is brought to you by the folks at Bet Online and BetOnline.net. If you guys want to get in on the football action this season, make sure you guys go to BetOnline and BetOnline.net. They've got football, basketball, baseball, F1, soccer, hockey, NASCAR, combat sports, everything that you could want, they've got. Go over there today. It's free to sign up. You've got a new sleek interface. You can do it on your phone. You can do it on your laptop. So BetOnline is the place to go. BetOnline, it's where the game starts. They've got some age in this defense. That's the one thing. So uh, this defense, they bring in Tim DeRuiter, right? He's going he's gonna to be the defensive coordinator. I mean, uh, you know, scoring defense 95th. Uh, not bad against the run, but maybe that was because they were so bad against the pass that teams were like, why, why would we run against a team that can't stop the pass? Yeah. Like, the top 40 against the run, but 119th against the pass, 86th in total defense, uh, 60th defensive efficiency, 92nd in terms of allowing explosive plays and then finishing drives on defense, they were 105th. So they've got, they've actually got a lot of old, it looks like they got a, lot of, a lot of older guys here on the defense. The big question is, does does experience equate into success? Do they get better like we think college football players do? And I think, obviously, the effort's led by Tyree Wilson. Yeah, and, and I think there's two games last year that really skew those numbers. That was the game in Austin and the game at home versus uh, TCU that just get really sideways quickly. And if you take those out, the numbers don't look near as bad because they finished up the year you know, against uh, – you know, Mississippi State and, and shut down Will Rogers and the Bulldogs and really kind of tap those guys out. And and I think but but you're right. It's it's it, you need to they didn't do a good enough job last year of taking the ball away. And I think Joey's got a they, they wear a shirt once a week. I forget. It's like take three Wednesday. But it's like, you know, the everybody, all these coaches all talk about this no matter where they're at. It's like we got to create turnovers. So it makes yeah. everybody's life easier. But Tyree Wilson, I think they feel like he's a first or second rounder. Mm. He must, though, play consistently week in and week out at the level that we saw him at the tail end of last year to achieve that because he is every bit of 6'6", you know, 270, 275. And he's got some quick twitch to him. He's a problem up front. He's big enough to hold up against the run. He's quick enough to, to get after you. And I think he had two sacks in that bowl game. So that's his challenge is can I do this week in and week out? Because he's got – he checks all the measurables box. But they are old. There is no doubt, especially in the secondary. That's the strength of the team. Yeah. There is no doubt. They've got really, really good corners, and they've got really, really good safety hybrid type guys that can move all over the place. And I, mean, I love Muddy Waters. I love um, – and they call – uh, I mean, Muddy Waters is a great name, by the way. But and then they yeah. call, you know, Reggie Pearson. His nickname is the funeral director. I mean, how, how good of a name is that for a <laughs> yeah. DB that that'll hit you hard? Uh, but they brought in uh, some other guys. They've got, you know, they brought Tyler Owens in from University of Texas. There's just a lot of 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 versatility back there. P- position flexibility, I think, is what Coach DeRuiter calls it. The position that makes me nervous, though, and I think they're really good up front. They brought some help in up front. They've got holdovers and Hutchings and Tony Bradford. The position that makes me nervous, though, is that Texas Tech, crazy as it sounds, has had really good linebacker play around here for the last several years. 
losing Collins yeah. like, how do you replace a guy like that? You you don't. And and Rico Jeffers was around here for years years and years. And Dakota right. Allen before that. Mm-hmm. And these are guys that have gotten cups of coffee in the NFL and and all those things. But Schooler was just guy. Yeah, I mean, he was just so solid. So Krishan Merriweather is really the only guy that has played a lot of football that they'll lean on. And so there, there's some guys that have been in the program and some new guys that are going to surround him. But that's the position that I really kind of wonder about or would question. That's kind of the O-line of the defense, if you will. Right. And and we'll see kind of what it looks like. But, yeah, Krishan Merriweather's got a lot of pressure on him to kind of stay healthy and produce and be Colin Schooler, which is not going to be easy to do. The last time I saw Colin Schooler was in Memphis where – we're right there in the tunnel. You have this big win. He's got a Hawaiian shirt on. He's got big old giant sunglasses on and a cowboy hat. And I thought, this dude is all swag, man. I mean, he is – and I'll miss him dearly because he was one heck of a college football player. Right. You know, I'm, I'm just going through it right now. I'm, I'm looking at all the, the schools here in my notes and looking at there – are, there are a lot of good individual linebackers, but I don't know – if we have a really strong linebacking core, like a linebacker group that you look at in the big 12 this year, and you say, that's it. That, that that's the group right there. And, and so I think I, I, you know, uh, Texas tech is not like, I mean, I, I wouldn't say that they, they don't, they kind of lack a guy like, you know, you heard about, uh, obviously Meriwether's coming back, but you know, they, they don't have a, a guy in the middle, you know, like a, a Daniel green, uh, you know, they don't have a guy, you know, like what we've heard before, uh, um, Demarion Overshown, right? Uh, a guy like, you know, White over Oklahoma. Um, so who is going, you know, like, you think it's going to be Merriweather who could be that man in the middle or just lead that? Yeah, well, he's going to be the dude. He, he's probably one of the most important pieces on their entire team in some ways just because th- th- there's just not really anybody else like him. But I will tell you and, and any Tech fan listening – the young man that is that is going to make the most noise that nobody really knows a lot about now is a guy named Jacob Rodriguez. He played some quarterback at Wichita Falls Rider about two or three hours away from Lubbock. He went to the University of Virginia as a quarterback, and he weighs about 225, 230, and he, he came here as a walk-on. But he, he left Virginia as a scholarship player. I was like, okay, I just want to get back closer to home. You don't have a scholarship mm-hmm. for me. I'll come back. I'll, I'll earn it. He's been all over the place. He's got no neck. I don't uh, trying to envision this kid trying to play quarterback. I'm like, how how is this square peg round hole? No, it's it's just like he he looks just like a like a linebacker, and he's lit it up in the spring. They put him on scholarship. Uh, he's going to uh, I think he's going to be a, a, a big. I think he's on scholarship now. If he's not, maybe it's days away. But you know how those those secret yeah. announcements go, or yeah. they surprise that. I mean, if, if he's not already, I would expect it to be right. you know really happen soon. But. He's just somebody that he's made play since the time he stepped on campus. He's just a really good – he's really good at football, as I like to say. Um, and he's the guy, though, that if he settles in and stays healthy and everything, I think they have a chance to be okay there. But if, if, if it all depends on Krishan, it just makes you nervous because they've had, they've had some dudes around here lately, as we talked about. And the schedule. Let's get to the schedule. So um, – <laughs> Do I mean, we have to? Yeah, yeah I mean, this thing is it's it's a monster. Uh, Murray State, Houston at NC State are your three non-conference games. Now, look, they got Houston last year. The game is the game this year. Where, where is it? Is uh, it's in Lubbock? We're doing yeah. So it's at Lubbock. Yeah, yeah. Um, you get a top twenty-five team in Houston back to back with uh, NC State on the road. Then you get Texas at home. Then you're at Kansas State. Then you're at Oklahoma State. And that just gets you through the first six. 
Now these things will even out there towards the back end, but I mean, that is, that is a monstrosity <laughs> of stars. Like really, really tough. Yeah. The, the, the scary thing about this schedule is that it can, this, this season can kind of get away from you early if you're not careful because you're going to beat Murray state. Okay. So you're, you're going to have one in your back pocket, but then those next three is going to really tell the tale of what kind of season you have. And if you can figure out a way to go two and one in that stretch and end up, you know, three and one overall after four games, I think you're, you're feeling pretty good about things. You've, you've like, you've got some equity uh, that you can count on, but it's not out of the question that you're one and three and there wouldn't be a bad loss in there. These teams are just, you know, and, and I, I think it's important to say this is before a lot of the recent injuries too, because I would have said it then, but it may be more so now. Games two and three for Texas Tech are going to be tougher than game four will be, personnel-wise, in my opinion. Uh, that That's just – because look at the quarterbacks. I mean, NC State's guys, the preseason player of the year in the ACC, Clayton, yeah, Clayton Toon for, for Houston has been there for forever. I think at Texas, they, you know, they, they, they've lost a few players to injury. There's kind of some quarterback questions, whether it's going to be Ewers or – and so – um, that, that's but if you could just figure out the, the Houston game, it meant so much last year. I, I think so many people around here thought, okay, if, if Matt Wells doesn't beat Houston, he may not make it out of September. Well, you beat them and you you do it in dramatic fashion. You kind of run away from them. It's the only loss they had all year, and then you you, you still end up you know not not being able to, to follow through. But the Houston game, I, I sell that to, to say the Houston game this year means so much again because if you get it. You're ahead of the curve. You feel good. But if you don't get it, you're trying to go to a top 10, top 15 NC State team and playing them at nighttime on a Saturday night, yeesh, you know, not not a lot of fun. So um, you're, we'll, we'll know early. But if they if they do well early, look out because they could be a team that maybe that old line's playing pretty well. Maybe Jacob Rodriguez-type kids have stepped up. Look out because there's not a lot of depth issues on this team. There's just lots of questions from a – Okay, are these guys that have come here from other schools, are they going to work out? But maybe we're getting those answers pretty quick. Well, because you're so right about the fast start. I mean, when you have a schedule like this, trying to trying to find out who you are or kind of establish stuff. I mean, when you're going – because like, I think Kansas State's going to be really good this year. I, think they, I mean, I think I think everything outside of Adrian Martinez and the team is awesome. I think, and I, that's I, that's I, a huge question, though. Is Adrian yeah, Martinez? Yeah, right. Like, and so I think you know, I think at Kansas State, still just it's gonna be a tough game, regardless. Obviously, we saw last year how that one went at Oklahoma State. Like, I, you know, not sure how good they're gonna be, but that's that's a really difficult place to go and win. Okay, you get to go home for West Virginia, probably a winnable game. You, you know, you should get done. Baylor's then at home, game you could probably swing, but right. I mean, trying to trying to figure out who you are and get things going and and repeat maybe success you had against West Virginia and do it against Baylor. Tough. On the road against TCU. I think that stretch there, the West Virginia, Baylor, at TCU, Kansas stretch, like if you could find a way to swing three or four in that stretch, you know, I, I you're feeling pretty good. But, like, it's just hard to establish anything. And then you end up the last two at Iowa State and Oklahoma. <laughs> so, like, my, my, my real question is, how do you find the rhythm here? There's yeah. nowhere to find the rhythm, right? There's no, all right, we get UTEP and – you know, we get, you know, Murray State, and then we have the challenging non Like, no, they have two challenging non-con right after Murray State, and it's in the conference schedule. Yeah, and, and I, I think that's why, you know, if you're Joey, one, you, you're, you're thinking big picture here. But make no mistake, I mean, they, 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 the internal expectations are much, much higher than, than the external ones because I think fans are – 
and, and, and people, you know, people that are looking at this, okay, they got picked eighth or ninth in the league. You know, there's not a lot of expectations, but here's, here's my point. A lot of, uh, a lot has been made of what Ewers is supposed to be or what Martinez is supposed to be or what JT Daniels is supposed to be. I mean, on and on and on and on it goes. Spencer Sanders is the preseason player of the year. He's not great. Okay. These are the facts. So what if everybody else isn't as good as what people think? What, what if what if uh, Derek Mason can't ably replace uh, Jim Knowles as the D.C. of Oklahoma State and that group was as good as we saw in this conference in a long time on that side of the ball? I mean, there, there, again, there's a lot of assumptions being made about other schools in the Big 12. And I, I look at Texas Tech and say they have plenty of questions, too. There's no question. And, and, you, and it's fair to ask about your O-line and kind of wonder about the QB. But what if they get some of those answers? Because I, I, I think that people have said it, you know, this is as wide open as the league race has ever been. There, there's, there, there's four or five teams I think people realistically can make a really salty argument for winning the league. What, what was Baylor picked before last year? Because I think it was the back half and they ended up winning it, right? I mean, I mean that's, the, that's the fun part of sports. And so I think Tech is in a position where if they a few of these questions get answered, uh, I think – I, I think they could be in the thick of things. And, and I, you know, again, I offer all that up to say on paper right now, it, it looks scary as all get out. I mean, the beauty is, though, seven of them are at home. If you can, if you can for once keep a quarterback healthy, and, 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 cause you haven't, it's been a, a decade since you really, yeah. I mean, Mahomes had a year where he played every game and he was playing dinged up, but it's been since Seth Dagey in the late kind of, uh, at 2010-11 time where you've really had a guy that just rolled through all year. So, um, but what if, what if what if you get a few breaks? I mean, you, you're I don't know if you believe in the do theory. You, you, you're you're do some <laughs> some good luck or some breaks. So, but or it could just be brutal and it's just like it, the schedule chews you up and you don't get any answers. And then we're sitting here talking about a a four and eight or five and seven campaign too. Who the heck knows? But. Right. But that's that's the fun part about this is that college football is the greatest thing ever, and we get these random results on an October the 18th or November the 1st. You're like, huh, man. And we look back yeah. on what we all said in July and August and go, what were we thinking then? What were we thinking? How wrong could we have been? So, anyway, that, that I, you know, we'll see. That's the fun part. Uh, like, I think there is a world where there's an encouraging five and seven and encouraging six and six. I think I think that's out there with the schedule. I don't disagree. Yeah. yeah. Especially when you're, you know, Josh, I think the thing about Joey is the, the identity he brought in as the high school coach is the recruiting thing took right. off really quickly. He can continue to point to that and, and all that. And and I think that in, in, in a slow build and all that, they've announced $250 million worth of renovations yeah. just just with the football and the stadium and all that too. stuff. The NIL deals, are, yeah, they did I'm just saying, like, I don't want tech fans to get like discouraged by this, like, a tough season. That's why. That's what I think here, because it's positive. Everything's good. Everything's good right now. Yeah, you, you got to have a little optimism. You got to think big picture. It needs to be a little patience. But I, I do think they can make a little bit of noise here too, yeah. and I think they can scare people because I mean, again, Baylor won the league last year. They go to Waco with an interim head coach. And they're kicking a field goal to try to tie the thing at the end of the game. Right. And and it was Garibay who made a 62-yarder, and he just missed it. I mean, so they're right there against these really good teams. Uh, they had the, the the results against Texas and, and TCU. The, the the game against Oklahoma, it doesn't ever work out for the Red Raiders in Oklahoma except for one time before, but that was fresh off the deal. But every other game 
you're in the mix, you're competitive, you're right there. It's just so, and I expect much of that to be this year, but Joey will get them to play hard. After being around him, people are like, is this how this guy is all the time? I'm like, yep, every day, every time that I see him, he's just like a nut. And he, I'm like, what are you taking? What are you drinking? What, what's your diet? Because I don't know. Yeah, I, I need some of that. Uh, but, but I think those kids have bought in, and that's worth something. I don't know what, but we'll find out. Uh, all right, so what, what is your prediction? I, I always ask all my hosts this. Yeah, you have, I, you have to gonna, give me a number. Yeah, there's no weaseling out of this. You got to give it to me. It, it's going to be somewhere between five and seven wins, in my opinion. I think okay. that's where that, that's the sweet spot right yeah. there. I mean, I think Vegas has you at five and a half win total, and I think this. So that, but but I, but I think it's not going to be out of the realm of possibility they figure out a way to win seven or even eight. I mean, because I've seen the depth and talent because there's no numbers issue here. It's just, we don't, we've got questions about these guys, but I'll, I'll hit you with seven and five. I'll be optimistic. Yeah. I mean, I, I do sidelines for the radio broadcast. I'll travel around these guys. I'll be rooting for them like crazy. There's a lot of, that's the one thing Matt Wells did Josh too, is he cleaned up or, or really created really good people and culture. Mm-hmm. And so there's a lot of good kids over there, not trying to be corny. And so no, I think know. Joe, not yeah, not. when Joey showed up, he was like, wow, they, they you know, there's a, there's a, this is a tight knit group. They want to win so bad. So I'll go seven and five as, if, if you put me on the record. All right, Chris, where can people find you and your work? And also you guys, <laughs> you have a big announcement coming up here soon. So we're going to check that announcement out whenever that comes. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm, I'm on Twitter at Chris level. Um, you know, we're at Red Raider sports. We've been there since 2002 with rivals.com. Uh, I obviously do the radio broadcast for the Red Raiders uh, with Brian Jensen, John Harris, who, who were suspended by Bob Bowlesby last year. It was uh, a I joke remember. of a suspension. I yeah. So I got, I got bumped up from the sideline up into the booth and all that. What a weird week that was. But, and then, uh, yeah, I do have, uh, something that we will talk about very, very soon. Um, Similar format, maybe to to what yeah. you're seeing here. So it should yeah, be so should be fun. Josh and Josh, you and I may be talking again some point soon. Yeah, I, I, I look forward to it. I look forward. To it. Hopefully, it's after an upset win over NC State or something like that. Right there, you go. Yeah, don't go. Yeah, you know what? We can be a two man wolf pack and not a one man wolf pack that night. Yeah, it's a little hangover term there. There you go. Uh, all right, Chris Level, appreciate your time. Thank you so much, Josh. Appreciate it, man.